Philip Sharp's film CV makes for impressive reading, from set decoration, making props, models and costumes, to cinematography and special effects. He's worked on some of the biggest movies ever, Batman Begins, several James Bonds, The Hobbit and Avatar. And then there's his previous life as a wildlife cameraman that took him around the world. The expat Brit has called New Zealand home for more than 10 years. We've got a gallery of photographs representing Philip's considerable body of work on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash standing room only. Well, we started by talking about his film work and why he moved into it from the wildlife cinematography he loves so much. The wildlife film unit that I worked for initially called Oxford Scientific Films back in the UK had started being asked to do various bits for commercials and movies. So my first movie, I think, was either... So long ago, I've forgotten now. It was either Exorcist 3, Superman with Christopher Reeve, or Alien, the first Alien movie. All great films. All great films. (laughs) So that was an introduction to the movies, as it were. But... um, when I eventually went uh, freelance, I went as a wildlife cameraman. But because I'd done some bits of special effects over the years for Oxford Scientific Films, I ended up sort of gravitating towards movies when there was a very quiet period at the end of the last century. Yeah, so it, it went very, very quiet around 98 to 2000, so I had to start looking around for other things to do. Why was that, do you think? This is on the wildlife photography well, side. Um, a lot of us uh, cameramen felt that it was because production companies didn't want to be the first to make digital or video movies because obviously everything I did was on film. So I, I literally went from four and a half years of solid work all over the world to having only ten weeks of work within two years. So at some point I thought, hmm, i better look for something else to do. <laughs> and this has been special effects were really starting to take off, I imagine, um, were they? Well, they've been around for a while, obviously, but... Um, yeah, I, I guess they were, you know, special effects driven movies were starting to take off around that point. Because their technology was yeah, catching up. That's right. So, uh, through those years between working for the wildlife company and during the time I was working as a wildlife caravan, the occasional little job came up where I was set building or doing animatronics for things or um, designing effects and that kind of thing. So, at least I had somewhere else to go. So, I just, um, I went up to Pinewood Studios just outside of London. Um, they were making Black Hawk Down at the time, and I just cheekily wandered into the studio and said, is there any work? <laughs> and fortunately there was. <laughs> so, um, so, so getting back into, or getting into special effects proper, what well, I think was about that time, because that led to the James Bond movie and then Tomb Raider and then Batman and everything sort of falls into place after that. And, you know, and sadly I kind of left the um, the wildlife filming behind, which I would never have done through choice. So with uh, the movies that came up in Pinewood, um, obviously that led to me looking for other things and I was actually planning to make a, a documentary series on colonising Mars. And that's actually what brought me to New Zealand because I was down here on a kind of a holiday. I realised that I'd met the the chap that runs Weta Workshop, Richard, um, so many, Richard many, Taylor, yeah, yes. many, many years earlier when I was in New Zealand for the first time filming for the BBC. And so I sort of said to him, would you be interested in making this Mars series with me? So uh, Richard said, well, we'd love to come and come over and work for us, with us on Avatar and we'll see what we can do. Um, so that brought me to New Zealand, which I can't say was a bad thing because I'd fallen in love with New Zealand the first time I ever came here. Lucky us. Mm. So where, where is that project? 
Unfortunately, it never did anything, which is which is a real, real sad, um, really sad for me because it was well ahead of the curve of all the interesting Mars. I'd even foreseen that it would not be a space agency; it would be a private individual, and it's actually written in the first chapter of my my series. Um, and of course, that's what's com- going to happen. I mean, Elon Elon's going to get us there. I mean, in the field of special effects, how? perfect does it have to be now with a high def and the big tv screens and the big cinemas i mean is that a challenge well for special w- effects? it is i mean that there was obviously a long period of time where you could still tell it was cg and that that seems to be reaching the point now where you can no longer tell um there have been movies that i've watched and i've been surprised to know that there there were cg effects in there so I think we've we've reached that point, and certainly uh, certainly with living animals, it was always down to the eyes and that thing called the uncanny valley. You know, if you look at um, Polar Express with Tom Hanks, for instance, you'll see that you don't the eyes just are not right. But when you come to Avatar, then it's completely believable. Um, so we've we've passed that point now where CG is, is sort of, t- and you can literally do and show anything you want to show now thanks to CG. But there's still a big place for practical effects and and physical effects. You know, it would be it would be very sad, wouldn't it, to lose the the handmade and the individual? I think it will because there's an awful lot of craftsmen around doing it. You know, and and it, it, apart from being a lot of fun to do, it's also great to be able to put things together and still see them as realistic when you see them on the screen. So is that the part of special effects that you've enjoyed more? You're a very hands-on kind of person, I think, Philip. Yeah, I um, when I got back into it, because I, I was fairly crusty, old and crusty by then, I sort of ended up running a team. So I, I was really lucky to meet a guy called Chris Corbold, who is kind of one of the most prominent special effects guys in the UK. And um, I operated a unit within his special effects unit. Um, so it meant that we had all, my little team of anything between 12 and 25 people. We had something to do with almost every scene on, on the James Bond movie that I worked with with Chris for the first time. And, and then we which the, one was that? Which Bond that was Die Another Day, the yeah. last Pierce Brosnan one. Um, I then went on to straight into Tomb Raider 2 with Angelina Jolie, with, also with Chris. And then from that went straight into Batman Begins. So it was a nice run. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very nice run. I mean, I'm so pleased that you've been able to return to that love of of nature that you never lose. Uh, And I see... Look, we'll skip over the Netflix series Cowboy Bebop. Heard about it? No, we can't ask. But you've been involved with that. Um, but I, but I note that you're going to be working for Netflix again, and we've been reflecting on how Netflix has really injected a yes. heck of a lot of work for New Zealanders um, on a natural history project. What can you tell us about that? Um, the natural history project is, is just a wildlife project in, based in Australia. But Netflix, as you say, you know they're, they're getting very prominent now, and, and they are great people to work for. They really look after their crews, which oh, is good great. To hear. Uh, it was a lot of fun working on on Cowboy Bebop. It wasn't really my cup of tea, but I think it's going to be a fun series. Um, but the people I worked with are great. Um, Netflix themselves run a really good good operation. So. The two projects are completely separate. The, I've I've heard from the, I was asked to go on to the the Australian one, completely separate from working in, in Auckland, through a contact of an old wildlife cameraman friend of mine from 1994. I think we've been I've been friends with him. So yeah, that's going to be uh, doing some some effects, um, building some sets for for wombats, um, doing some stuff with kangaroos. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But most exciting of all, it's getting me back. 
to the the wildlife area. So, but filming and effects. Um, I've, I'm not down to film yet, but I'm certainly going to be telling them. Oh, what I you've can. got to put your hand up for that one. <laughs> That's you? right. It would be a terrible waste of your skills to not get behind the camera. Well, I'd like to think I still got those skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this digital stuff sort of leaves me a bit in the dust, really. <laughs> I mean, working for the BBC and, and for, for wildlife work, of course, is such a dream. I've just been looking at David Attenborough's Life in Colour. Mm. Man, that's made for high def, <laughs> mm. and you can really appreciate the, the beauty of it. But what, what led you down that path? Were you a kid who loved wildlife? My earliest memories, um, and even sitting here talking, I, I can see this as clear as day. I, I, I got into the local um, reptile population in High Wycombe in the UK before we moved up to Oxfordshire, and there were slow worms and little lizards now the slow worm is basically a legless lizard it's not a snake but it's a it it looks like a snake but it's got eyelids and it's it's basically a lizard Um, and I was fascinated with those and I remember this one point where I was keeping them all in a in a cave in a little terrarium Um, I was only six or seven I mean I was was really young but um, one of the lizards I caught was pregnant but because it's a northern uh, lizard they tend to give birth to live young so there isn't the time to go through through egg laying and that kind of thing so this female gave birth to about half a dozen tiny little black babies and I remember having one on the end of my thumb and I just was blown away by that and I, and I was interested in everything from worms to beetles to just about everything there was and it's been an absolute lifelong passion of mine I heard about this little company in what must have been one of the first making of TV shows. The company was only 15 miles down the road because we'd moved to Oxford by then and this is Oxford Scientific Films as I mentioned earlier. And they had a making of on the BBC of how they got their incredible shots of tiny little creatures. So I sat there, I think I was either late, almost 15 years old and I was just thought, wow, there's a thing I could do. So I wrote to them in my 15-year-old scrawl (laughs) and said, oh, you know, I'd really be interested in working with you. And and amazingly, they responded when I was just about to go to the upper school and they wrote to me saying they're looking for a technician. So I went along and I I think the passion for animals showed through because I I got the job out of 21 other people. (laughs) And so for me, as a teenager who loved animals, working for them was just wonderful. I got to make all the little sets and, and... work with the creatures and then of course took to um, stills photography which I which I loved but it eventually turned into doing film work as well so I think I have to ask you about your encounters with grizzly bears you mentioned them to me in the emails when we were talking about this well, well, the, well the the fun I, 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 I don't like to talk about the second one because it, it was pretty rough but the the first time I had a full pack of camera equipment on which is about 80 pounds I don't know what that is in kilos if you'd like a to quickly work it <laughs> yeah. out and a huge tripod across the top of that so I was lumbering up this track um, on Whistler Mountain and I was still well below the tree line and I was uh, very getting very, very tired. I'd been at it for hours already trying to get above the tree line. And then from nowhere, uh, this little bear cub ran out from the, from the bushes and started playing around my legs. And I went, oh, look at that. Okay. Where's the mother? <laughs> you know, it's like sudden shock and everything. Um, and then as I was thinking that, another cub ran out and started playing around my feet and sort of clawing up my legs and making these little mewling sounds and then another one so I had three cubs by now I'd broken out into a real sweat (laughs) and and you just know she's there you just know that you're being watched 
so I just strode on purposefully and just thought, you know, any second now, it was it was skin crawlingly terrifying. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then I just kept walking and I never saw the mother. Um, eventually the youngsters lost lost interest and turned back and, and went to where ever she was. But you had the right instincts because I, I could see other people might have responded rather differently. Well, you know apparently I mean? if you get attacked by a grizzly, you're supposed to curl up and just play dead. If you get attacked by a black bear, you're supposed to fight like crazy because they will they just carry on. But I never found out whether which which one of those I had to do. <laughs> which is a good thing. I just strode on up the path, and um, yeah, all of a sudden I had a real good burst of adrenaline, so I covered quite a few miles in a <laughs> short period of time. Of that, and then of course the trouble was at the end of the day I had to go back that way because there was no other way to get back down to where I was, where I was staying. So, um, so yeah, that was that was an interesting time as well. This is one of the careers I would love to have had, one of the ones that I considered, but I'm I'm a bit soft, and I I was, never knew how I, if I was tested in a situation where you're filming something and you know that it's going to end badly for, for a creature mm. and the instinct is to intervene. You can't do that as a wildlife photographer, can you? Well, I do. Oh, do you? Yeah, uh, um, you know, and I, and I think most of my wildlife cameraman colleagues in the old days would do the same as well. We don't... You're not supposed to interfere in nature, um, but the fact is that we have that decision. We're there, you know, in that environment. If we see something uh, that we can probably do something about, then we we tend to uh, we tend to do. It. I mean, if, if it's predation and there's not much you can do, that's fine. But for instance, you know, filming baby turtles hatching on a beach, you know, and the b- birds coming in and, and lizards coming down and everything grabbing these little turtles. I mean, I know I was there doing that once and. Um, as soon as I got the shots I needed, the camera went back in the bag and I spent about three hours running up and down a beach collecting buckets full of turtles <laughs> and putting them in the water. Because, you know, I know they're endangered. I know they need a bit of a hand. And um, one of the worst one of the worst few moments of their lives is, is getting out of the sand and crawling to the water. So I just couldn't stand by and watch that. Yes, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to remain dispassionate. But you are there and you can do something. And so, especially with the world the way it is and the tiny percentage of wildlife there is left on our wonderful planet um i believe it it's you know i think we have to do what we can you're putting those skills to a different kind of use in vanuatu yes um i I decided to sort of change things a little bit um i'm looking for a legacy project (laughs) as it were um so about 2014 i went up to vanuatu for the first time having always wanted to go there since i was a kid i've just fallen in love with the place much like i fell in with new zealand when i came came here so um i've been looking at things that i can do up there uh, and i've met quite a few people i'm currently working with the ministry of education um, to introduce some of the locals to cad um, computer-aided design and then using that to go on to 3D printing and CNC cutting and laser cutting and all that kind of thing. So we're trying to set up a unit initially in Port Villa, the capital, where we will take sort of the prize of the students and see if we can teach them to become teachers of that technology. So I want to provide the country with everything they need to move forward with that technology. So I will find them the machines, show them how to set them up and then teach people how to use them as well as teaching them how to use CAD. Um, I'm also trying to make a small wildlife conservation park on the northern coast of, of Ifate, which is the the capital island of, of uh, Vanuatu. It's by no means the biggest island, but it's the sort of hub. 
and uh, yeah it would be my dream really to have a little wildlife park but i want it to be kind of different i want it to be a place where most of the wildlife is there through choice so you will be able to go on onto the property and then go into the sea and swim with the dugongs you'll be able to feed the fruit bats you'll be able to feed the giant coconut crabs all the birds will be fed to encourage them to come in and and even the smaller exhibits like um, lizards and things like that will actually capture them show them for a couple of months feed them up and then release them again and get some new ones in so it's it's a little bit different you know it's it's a different idea and I also want to incorporate the um, the help of the people on the two villages. There's, there's two villages either side of the piece of land that I'm looking at. Well, you have to have buy-in, don't you, for this to work? Well, don't yeah. I mean, I want to, you know, eventually I want to be able to leave it and have the locals run their own park. So by the time I shuffle off this mortal coil, um, there'll be something set up that they can carry on running. Wildlife cameraman and movie special effects and props expert Philip Sharp, who often shares his expertise with students from Toifakari, New Zealand Drama School.